Hi, this is Dr. Marvin and welcome. Today we're going to talk about what I refer to as the eight ways to destroy a child. These are eight things a parent can do to guarantee that their child will need therapy and will have all kinds of problems later on. The first way to destroy a child is to tell your child to do something two or three times so that he or she will learn from experience that it's not important for the child to follow directions on the first request. If you have a child and you'll say, my child doesn't listen, my child doesn't follow directions, I have to repeat things 50, 60 times. The reason for that is your child has learned from experience that it's not important to follow directions. That's because he or she is used to you repeating directions over and over again. If you allow yourself to tell a child something two or three times, he's learning from experience that I don't have to listen to my parents because my mother or my dad, both of them, will repeat themselves. So it's very important when you give a child direction to establish eye contact, to make sure the child is listening to you to be fair, and to be very specific about what you want the child to do, in other words, instead of saying, clean up your room, you would say, go to your room, make the bed, empty the trash can, and put your toys in the closet. That's more specific than saying, go clean up your room, because then after, when you check what the child did, you can tell him or her whether the child has followed the direction, uh, as opposed to something general like clean up your room that the child may interpret differently from what you actually are expecting. So be very specific in your directions and don't repeat. If your child doesn't follow a direction on the first request, there has to be a consequence, whether it be removal of a privilege, uh, anything that's meaningful to the child that you take away, restriction from some activities, not being able to use video game, not being able to use the telephone for X number of hours or a day, uh, there must be a consequence for not listening the first time the child is told to do something. The second way to destroy a child is when your child misbehaves to yell and scream in an angry manner. This will reward your child's misbehavior. He's likely to get pleasure out of seeing that he or she can manipulate or control your emotions and will enjoy seeing that you're suffering for his misbehavior. If your child does something wrong and you overreact, especially if you start to yell, your face starts to turn red and you start to lose control, all you're teaching the child is that he can manipulate you. Your child is controlling your emotions, but there's no real consequence for what he or she has done wrong. I suggest that you be assertive with your child. Look at him or her in the eye. Specifically tell the child what he did that's wrong or inappropriate, what the consequence will be if there's going to be a consequence, and what behavior you expect out of him. But if you yell or scream, you are going to accidentally reward the child's misbehavior. In other words, encourage him or her to misbehave more often just to get that reaction from you. The third way to destroy a child is to do things for your child that he or she is capable of doing for himself. 
if you do everything for the child just to get it done fast or out of the way, even though your child knows how to do it himself or herself, you're teaching the child to be dependent on you, to not be independent himself or herself. For example, if you know the child is capable of making his bed, or even a five or six-year-old may not be able to make the bed military style, but it could at least take the blanket and put it on top of the bed. By doing it for him, by picking up his toys, by cleaning up after him or her, you're teaching your child that he doesn't have to do things for himself because he has a maid or a servant, mainly the parent, to do it for him. And every time you do things for the child that he can do for himself, you're teaching your child that he's not an independent person or she's not an independent young lady, that um, you are doing everything for him because he's not capable himself. By having your child do things for himself that he's fully capable of handling and doing, you're teaching your child to be independent and giving a message that I see you as a capable individual. The fourth way to destroy a child is to call on your spouse to be the disciplinarian when the child misbehaves instead of handling the problem yourself. If you shift the discipline to the other parent, your child is going to learn that you have no power. The child will basically learn to disrespect you. It's okay if you want to involve the other parent, if it's a two-parent household, of course. I'm uh, assuming that if it's a one-parent family, of course, it's different, although the second parent may be involved uh, through uh, the telephone, through visits and so on. But assuming the two parents live in the household, it's okay to say to the child, when your mom comes home, when your dad comes home, I'm going to uh, speak to him, speak to her, and tell him that your teacher called and said you missed three homework assignments this week. And then after I discuss it with your mom or after I discuss it with your dad, we'll let you know the consequences and what we expect you to do about it. That's fine. You're not shifting the discipline to the other parent. But to say, when your father comes home, he's going to let you have it or he's going to talk to you, that's teaching your child to disrespect you because uh, the child will not say, see you as a person in control. Do not shift the discipline to the other parent. The fifth way to destroy a child is to allow your child to see that he or she can make you feel guilty because of things that he says. If your child says something like, you're the meanest parent in the world, or Johnny's parent would let him do this, and you react by um, feeling guilty by saying, well, don't tell me about Johnny's parent because I go to all your baseball games and he doesn't go to all the games, et cetera, et cetera. Anything you say that shows that what the child said is eliciting the emotion of guilt from you will again reinforce your child by making statements like that to you because you're teaching him or her that he or she has the power to affect you emotionally, in this case, to make you feel guilty. If your child says something that you feel is starting to elicit the emotion of guilt from you, stop yourself, count to five, and give a response that has nothing to do with being guilty but sticks with the topic at hand or the topic the child is trying to manipulate you off of by making you try to feel guilty. The sixth way to destroy a child is to give your child money or buy him things he asked for instead of using an organized allowance system. We really feel that using an allowance system 
for a child of an appropriate age, let's say ages five or six or higher, and of course the amount of the allowance can vary with the age and the activities and what the child's lifestyle is involving. But um, if they have to spend their own money that they earn through the allowance, and that could be earned by completing chores or certain responsibilities around the house, the uh, child will be more careful. For example, if you're in the supermarket and the child wants this uh, particular treat and you say, well, that's fine, but you have to buy it with the money from your allowance, the child is going to think twice. Chances are he'll put it back and not even take it because if it's his money, he's not going to spend it. If it's your money, he will. But it teaches him to make value decisions. I've got X amount of money left from my allowance. If I spend 75 cents on this little treat, I'm not going to have that much left for something else that I want to do. The seventh way to destroy your child is to argue with your child. It takes two people to get into an argument. If you start getting into a two-way argument, once again, you're showing the child that you don't have control and that he can manipulate you and that whatever you're talking about is negotiable. If it's negotiable, you could have a reasonable conversation. But if it's something that's not negotiable, like you can't uh, go out until midnight at the skating rink because you're 11 years old, then you would say, I know you'd really like to do this, but we're not going to negotiate this. This is my final answer. You can't do this. You could give the reason if you want to. It's fine. Then you cut it off. The child comes back and argues. You could say, I'm not discussing it any further because I told you my answer and that answer is not changing. Getting into a two-way argument with your child just creates friction, creates tension, and gives the child the illusion or maybe the reality that he or she can manipulate you or get his way by being argumentative. And finally, the eighth way to destroy a child is to get involved in fights between brothers and sisters. Then play district attorney by questioning them as to who started the fight and you can end up taking sides. Unless it's some critical situation, your attitude should be, this is a problem between the two of you or three of you, depending on how many kids you've got uh, involved in this. And you have to solve it yourself. Come up with a solution. Uh, don't take sides and don't get involved. Research has shown that brothers and sisters who as adults have the closest relationship are those that came from families where parents interfered the least in their conflicts and squabbles. And you also want children to learn conflict resolution skills, and they're not going to learn it if they never have an opportunity to try. So again, do not get involved, and particularly don't take sides in conflicts between brothers and sisters, unless, as I said, it's a crisis situation where somebody might get hurt or something dangerous is going on. A great many skills are needed for a child to survive outside the home. And teaching these skills to the child is a fundamental part of the role that parenting encompasses. By using the techniques we're going to talk about in this podcast, you can help your child prepare for the real world by eliminating maladaptive behavior as soon as it appears. You can teach your children to develop a sense of responsibility. 
to think before acting, to accept the difference between himself or herself and adults in position of authority, and to realize that appropriate behavior leads to pleasant consequences, while inappropriate behavior results in your child experiencing some discomfort or inconvenience of one kind or another. Again, this is Dr. Marvin, and thank you for listening to our first podcast.